Hi, it's the Milkman, John Milky. You can catch me weekday mornings at 9 a.m. on BlastTheRadio.com. Now, let me just say this about that. Are we on? It would appear that things are moving. Little lights are blinking. That's a good thing, right? Cool. Cool. I'm asking you, of course, because you are a radio expert and a broadcast expert. So I rely on you for these things. Hey, good morning. Welcome to your Friday. Hope you're doing all right. Uh, Kind of a gloomy start to the day. Ugh. Will it remain gloomy? That, I know, is the big question that you have. Well, let's find out. We happen to have an expert when it comes to all things to do with weather. He is, I believe, seven. And this I know for a fact. His name is Finn. (laughs) Good morning, Finn's Friday Forecast. Hi, I'm Finn, and you're listening to Finn's Friday Forecast. Hey, John. Yeah. She did it! Yeah! My mom finished her clinical placement. Nice! I'm hoping she works close by and I get to see her more. Oh, John! Yeah! You know what I did last Sunday? What? I went horseback riding. Cool, dude. Kelly Webster, you know her, don't you? Had invited me to come and ride her horse. Well, it actually isn't a Palooza pony. She calls him Little Joe. I don't know why, because he's much taller than me. Heck, he's <laughs> even taller than Mrs. Webster. Woo. It was cool riding that pony. I, I hope she invites me again sometime. Do you know what happened after we put Little Joe back in his stable? I'm hoping ice cream. Mrs. Webster and I went looking for a four-leaf clover. Or that. And we found one! Hey! Yay! Cool! But that four-leaf clover is not going to help us with the weather this weekend. Oh? Until noon, we have rain all morning. Ooh. And a cause of the afternoon, we are going to see more and more sun. A high temperature of 12 degrees, and with a mostly clear sky at night, the minimum temperature is 3 degrees. Saturday starts out nice with sunny breaks. Halfway in the morning, it will start to rain, and that will continue until mid-afternoon. The maximum temperature of 8 degrees will be reached around noon, and a minimum of 1 degree at the end of the night. Sunday is going to be a mix of sun and clouds, no precipitation, but a maximum temperature of only 5 degrees. If you have any yard work or outside winter preparation to do, Sunday is the time to do it. Because Sunday night... Drum roll, please! (laughs) It is going to start snowing! Shush! Expect up to 3 centimeters of snow at night and another 1 to 2 centimeters on Monday. No! For the unceded territory of the Algonquin Nation in Kempville, Ontario. This was your BTR, Weatherman Finn, only on BlastRadio.com. Back to you, John. See ya! See ya, buddy. I'm not sure how I feel about that whole snow thing, though. Oh, God. Anyway, um, especially, uh, I'm still waiting for, like, most of the leaves in the backyard to fall. Like, 
a good chunk of them have, but not all have, right? So it's like I'm at that point where, like, if, if we do get a, a good chunk of snow, and by the way, if we do, it, it's going to be mild enough into next week that it'll probably melt, but still, cleaning leaves up when they're dry, that's one thing. When they're all a big, wet, soggy mess, no thank you. And on top of that, I'm sitting here last night, oh my God, oh dear God. I'm sitting here last night working on um, uh, recording some tracks uh, for a show that I do in Southern Ontario. And I'm in a soundproof environment, right? It's it's perfectly quiet in here. I don't know what the hell is living in my ceiling in this basement, but there's something that has moved in to my house that is significantly bigger than a mouse. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Whatever it was, I could hear it scamper across the ceiling last night. And then all of a sudden, like, I could hear it fall. In, there's, like, a storage closet behind me. So all I could hear is like, Whatever it is, it sounds big enough to eat. And I put it off, like, burn the house down, run for your life, kind of. What is this? Like, I, I've dealt with mice in this house, which is not fun, and I have been over every inch of the foundation, looking for every tiny little crack, every little crevice that I can possibly find, and filling it, and then filling it again, and making sure that whatever I'm filling it with is exactly the right thing that a mice can't chew through and won't chew through. I've gone to the air conditioner cords and cables and whatever else, and I've put all that plumbers and electricians putty stuff in there. I've covered it in 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 mesh, wire mesh. I've got SOS pads in there or whatever you call it. Not SOS pad. You know what I'm talking about, right? Steel wool. Because apparently mice hate that. Like all over this house. The last five years, this has been my life. Getting these down. So apparently now, everybody seems to think, and there's Chrissy saying the same thing. Everybody seems to think that I got a squirrel living in my house. The only possible, and, and you know what? My good buddy K-Man the Handyman, one of the original sponsors of BlastTheRadio.com, who's become a really good buddy of mine. Keith's fantastic. Last, was it last year? Around this time, he and his son came over, unscrewed a good, I don't know, dozen boards from the deck, and got under there to prop the deck. The deck had started sinking. So they put a whole cement block in there and lifted it up and whatever else. And, you know, we fed them steaks, had a great time. Thank you very much. But this is about a year ago, maybe two. But, of course, when everything is is pulled apart and exposed, you do a little inspection. How? Like, there was nothing. There was nothing. Like. How, I mean, I know it doesn't take a squirrel, if a squirrel's determined and it senses heat, it'll find its way through. I know. But there was like no evidence of any opportunity. So now I'm dealing with this crap. So I guess later on today, I got to get out to the shed. I got to grab the squirrel trap. I guess I got to go to the store, got to get me some peanuts or something. Now I got to start trapping squirrels. Now, I mean, this is all well and good, right? Like, fine, I trap a squirrel, and then I take it out to another forest, some, you know, some some 
few kilometers away, except for the fact that I back onto a wooded area. Like, the enemy's just going to keep on coming, right? And I, I really suspect it's a squirrel because all around the perimeter of my deck, Something's been digging. I mean, these are these are sizable holes. Like, you, you could put a football through the holes that have been dug around the deck. And I went around the other day filling them, putting rocks in, putting bricks on top of them. There's got to be, I mean, eight, nine different places where it's it's dug a hole underneath the deck. So it's obvious to me it's living under the... Everybody's got a solution here. Check your plastic roof vents. It's not coming in through the roof. It's absolutely... It, it's... I, I, the studio I'm in, this is this is in my basement. There's there's a bulkhead here. Hang on, I'll give you a little tour if you're watching. So I've got a bulkhead right here, and as you can see, there's a little plastic cover. So I put that in there a couple of years ago because something was in there. But on the other side of that bulkhead, that's that's the deck. The backyard is right there. So something something's coming, and that's that's where it's hanging out, and then. Sort of behind me here, behind that black curtain, there's, there's um, like my basement stairs are on the other side of that. And so there's a little storage room underneath there. And so that's where I heard it go kerplunk last night. Scared the hell out of me. Oh my god, I don't want to be here. Now, I mean, we've had, we've had critters in the house before. Like I said, I had a mouse issue before a couple of years back. Uh, my last dog, Seamus, was at the fireplace and just barking, just barking. And I get a text from my wife. She's like, something's in the house. Something is living in the fireplace. I'm like, what? She's like, you can hear it. Seamus won't stop barking. <laughs> There's something in the fireplace. So I'm not dealing with it. Hell no, I'm not dealing with that. Uh, <laughs> no way in hell. Um, so we call um, a wildlife place. Guy comes over, takes a listen. He goes, oh, yeah. He says, you got a bird in your chimney. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> Juppie suggested, turn the fireplace on. No. As much as I love barbecue, no. I, I You know what? I am a humanitarian. I, I love animals, and I respect the animals. They're just doing what animals do. I get that. Now, there's also the argument that, hey, listen, once you cross over into the threshold of my home, all bets are off. But, but, light the fireplace and smoke it out or burn it out. No, I can't, I can't do that. I'm a meat eater, but still, I, I can't, I can't do that. Anyway, guy comes over. Opens the fireplace, holds a cardboard box up to it. Within about three minutes of being in my house, he's captured a, I guess it was a grackle. And then he puts the ladder up to the, you know, goes up the the, the chimney, and puts a, a new wire mesh around it, you know, one that's small enough that the smoke can still get through, but birds can't. Anyway, 350 bucks later... <laughs> He got the bird out. That's money well spent, man. I don't care how broke I am. That is money well spent that I don't have to deal with it. And yes, I do have a cat. And yes, I do have a dog in this house. And neither one of them, this this dog, this new, this, <laughs> we lost Seamus a few years ago. We miss him terribly. Uh, Kelty is a wonderful dog. She really is. 
But what she is not is a hunter. She will stare at a squirrel. Oh, she'll watch them. They're fascinating. But she ain't getting off her ass to even go investigate. Seamus would chase these things to the end of the earth. She just sits there and watches them. Oh, they're cute. La, 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 la. Pet me, pet me, pet me. <laughs> the cat, I haven't seen, now, the cat, I, I think if a cat and a, and a squirrel were to face off, I'm not sure how my cat would do. Because my cat's, she's got, you know, she, or he, pardon me, this is the second dog that he's lived with. So as ferocious as he likes to pretend he is, he's really just, he's probably just likely to boop a squirrel on the head. Oh, I'm finally close enough to one of you. Boop. He's an indoor cat, right? Like we let him out sometimes on the deck on a leash. You know, and he'll watch the squirrels. He's fascinated by them. But again, I've seen him with mice in the house. Mice are fun. All he does is paw at them. Like, the minute they stop running around the baseboard, he'll give it a little nudge with his paw. Like, run! Whee! It's running again! Yay! And he'll follow it until it stops. And then he'll give it a little nudge with his paw until it moves again. And, <laughs> and that's that's uh, that's my defense mechanism against wildlife in my house. Anyway, that's the hellstorm that is my weekend. So, Finn, I hope you're wrong regarding uh, three centimeters of snow, which is not a lot of snow, I know. Besides, I shovel the deck off all winter long. And and the most fun part about shoveling my deck off all year long is how much it upsets side door neighbor. They're already upset enough that I put Christmas lights out on my deck. (gasps) Oh, oh, Christmas lights on your deck. Why would you do such a thing? Well, because it brings me joy. That's why. The front of my house, there are no windows. There's a couple of frosted windows beside the front door. That's it. Yes, I have Christmas lights along the front of my house. I can't see them. When I sit in my living room watching my TV, when I sit in my dining room having my dinner, I have a huge window right next to a huge patio door that looks out onto a beautiful wooded yard. And I have a ginormous, not to brag, but I do, I have a ginormous deck. Many people have sat on my ginormous deck and enjoyed their time sitting on my ginormous deck. Even more so when we light it. And we've got... You know when you go to an elegant place like the National Arts Center or like a fancy wedding, and and it's just, it's elegance and beyond. You know, those tiny little, like they're, 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 they're not, not even as wide as your pinky. We're talking like barely, barely wider than a shoelace. Little white lights. And I have them wrapped around the railing on the deck. <gasps> What are you trying to land airplanes back here? And then you and your Christmas lights back there. It brings me joy. So, (laughs) how did I get onto this? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so there's that. So now I got to go out in the backyard and start ripping deck boards up and stuff. And. 
Maybe I'll even be wild and play some music back there. I know, right? <laughs> it upsets him greatly, by the way, that I don't play Stompin' Tom. <laughs> That's all he wants. Why don't you ever play some Stompin' Tom? Some real music. <laughs> Here's an idea. Why don't you get your shit off my fence? My fence. It's on my side of the property, by the way. Just saying. Uh, the stuff that bogs people, right? Oh, my God, I have lights in my backyard. So close your curtains. Piss off. Or I'll send you my squirrel. <laughs> God, this is what I live with, though. Anyway, yes, I'm putting Christmas lights back on the deck. That'll be good times. Can't wait. Anyway, what else is going on? Um. Oh, speaking of things in your yard and nature, etc., uh, last, I, I've been meaning to bring this up. I thought of it again this morning. My dad, on, on our family Zoom call last Sunday, um, addressed both my brother and I. Both both of us have dogs. Uh, somebody's dog, because we were over there for Thanksgiving, right? He says, somebody's dog left a calling card in the backyard. Oh, geez, Dad, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. If that was my dog, I'm sorry. My brother sits there saying nothing. <laughs> like, seriously, dude? I'm like, I'm like, on behalf of Andrew and I, <laughs> I would like to apologize. My brother sits there and says nothing. Keep in mind, he spent the weekend there. We showed up for a couple of hours. Just based on the odds, whose calling card is it most likely to be? I'm not saying it was his dog's. It may well have been mine, but say something. Nope. Sat there. Stunk, said nothing. Absolutely nothing. Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. He says, and so Dad, very proud of himself, says, that's okay. I figured out the key to picking them up. I said, oh. <laughs> he says, you just take a bag, yes, and you turn it inside out, and then you can pick them up. And I'm howling. I'm <laughs> inside out. <laughs> like, what does it matter? <laughs> it's a plastic bag. But no, that apparently is the key to the whole thing. The plastic bag inside out to pick up the poops in the backyard. He's all proud of himself. And I'm howling at him, right? And I'm like, that's the funniest, cutest thing. You know, like one of those, I need to bring that up on the show somehow. That's gold, man. That's absolute gold. And then I'll be damned if I'm not out there like not even an hour later. Picking up after the dog. And what am I doing? I'm grabbing the dog poop bags. And I'm turning the freaking thing inside out to pick up the poops. Why? Why? <laughs> now, for the longest time, I've used, like, they, like, it comes in like a box of a thousand or whatever else. And they're just brown bags. They're biodegradable. Right? And apparently, 
all these years, and I've I've had a dog now for probably, I mean, easily 20 years of my life I've been a dog person, had a dog in my world, and I guess for some reason I've been turning these things inside out, and I didn't realize it until we changed the brand of poo bag we use. I don't know what the ones are right now. They're they're ginormous. Also biodegradable, by the way, but they're a green bag, and they have like a little puppy dog caricature on them. There's printing on the bag. And it's not until you realize, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm turning this inside out, picking up the poop, and then I'm tying the bag up to display the lovely little dog logo that's on it. (laughs) It's a bag of dog shit that I'm then putting in the green bin for disposal. And by the way, yes, you can now put... Uh, as long as you've got it in a biodegradable or paper bag, you can now put them in the green bins here in Ottawa, which is fantastic. Cat litter, too. Thank you. Well, you're supposed to flush that down your toilet. Sure, sure. And who's paying for the plumber once all the cat litter gets stuck in the pipes? Riveting radio, says Kelly. Isn't it, though? It is. Not every radio show is going to be talking about dog poop for you this morning. I guarantee it. A good number of them will be um, rehashing some of my jokes, and 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 you know they 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 scour my Twitter, they scour my Facebook, and and it ends up on for the for the best of the Milkman show. Listen to your local radio station a few hours later. <laughs> some people I'm okay with it, like Tarzan Dan, for example. Love writing for his show. Anyway. Uh, Kelly says, BTR poop bags coming to a store near you. Here's the school of thought on that, and I can't get past it, because it, it, it when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Years ago, the radio station I worked at actually considered putting their own brand of garbage bags out there. And then there was all these conversations. The people with long foreheads, the big decision makers, they thought, Wow. It was born of the idea that, you know, I was driving up my street on my way to work and I noticed there was, you know, like like six garbage bags on everybody's curb. And that's an advertising opportunity. But then people are like, yeah, but do you want your logo associated with garbage? And that's, you know, it's a subliminal thing. But yeah, you know, do I, it's a great, it's a great advertising opportunity. It is, but, but anyway, um, always looking for innovative ideas, by the way. And thank you for sharing what you love about blasttheradio.com with the world. Uh, your weekend programming lineup includes this shit show. (laughs) Uh, we'll get into music in just a little bit. Uh, we got the Laugh Tag Lunch on the way for you today, brought to you by Microgreens Ottawa. Oh, 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 oh. I, I need to talk about microgreens, as if I don't talk about them enough, and I probably don't talk about them enough, frankly. But picked up some pita bread the other day. I haven't had pita bread in so long. And some cold cuts. And some mayo and some mustard. I, I, cut, I cut the pita in half. And then, you know, created a little pocket. So some some sliced ham, some sliced turkey in there, some sliced roast beef, a little bit of mayonnaise, some mustard. And then 
I just, like, I picked up the five-pack, variety pack of microgreens. And by the way, the radish that is in the microgreens, whoo, whoo, it's hot. <laughs> it's got kick. Anyway, um, filled these thing, these little pockets with microgreens yesterday. Best sandwich I have ever made. Oh, my Gosh, and when you think of how many nutrients are in those microgreens, damn healthy lunch. I, and I only I only made myself, like, I, I only cut one pita, so, I mean, it's like, what, 10 inches around? Should have made two. Yeah, little ham, roast beef, sliced tomato, mustard mayo, some pepper. Hmm. Microgreens. Anyway, Microgreens Ottawa, uh, open to the public. Just just when you walk right up to the door, you'll see them. They are gorgeous to look at. And, I mean, just flavorful. Anyway, um, 1160 Heron Road, microgreensottawa.ca. They can even arrange for delivery for you. Yeah, your favorite restaurant is serving you microgreens. You don't even know. You don't even realize the goodness you're eating. So good. Uh, anyway, they're bringing you the Laugh Tag Lunch today. We got Club BTR for you tonight. Tomorrow, Brian Kelly is in. BTR Weekends, 2 o'clock. You asked for it. You asked for it. I get out of bed early on Saturday because you asked for it. You better damn well be listening to the one and only countdown. It's the number one hit from each of the past 40 years, including a number one hit on the charts this week. So it's a grand total of 41 songs in a row, all of them bona fide number one hits on some chart somewhere. Might be much music. It could be the iTunes chart. It could be Spotify. It could be the CanCon chart, album chart, um, country charts. We look at them all. Dozens of charts. So that's 2 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, we also, of course, have Andre, DJ Dimois. We will be live from T's Pub in the heart of the gay village. Open to you to drop on by. Still no dancing allowed, though. You can go to a hockey game with 25,000 people. You can go to a football game, be shoulder to shoulder, and crammed into the north side stand tunnels. You oh, Guess what? We can pack the LRT again today. <laughs> yeah, the LRT after a couple months is back in service. But you cannot, I don't know if you know this, you cannot go to a club and dance. Um, by the way, if you are a club owner and you're allowing dancing, might I remind you that a good chunk of your audience is rolling video when they're at your establishment and they're posting it on social media and tagging your establishment. If you're allowing dancing and you're allowing it to be videoed, don't be surprised. I'm just saying. I, I, listen, this is, this is not footloose. I am not into banning dancing. I think, you know, if people are double vaccinated and we're following the protocols and tests and whatever else, people want to dance, dance. I don't know that I can just sit there at a bar and watch a band and not get up and shake my tushy a little bit. But nonetheless... The regulations in this province right now say no dancing. 
which sucks. Well, I read this article in The Citizen yesterday. The Lookout pub was all set, they said, to, you know, new capacity limits. Dancing was going to be allowed. They were all set to advertise that they were back open for, for dancing. By the way, Lookout Pub, we'd love to advertise that for you somewhere down the road. Just saying. But now, the Ontario government is is looking at delaying that because the numbers are up. That's right. The COVID numbers are up in Ottawa and other parts of Ontario. It's all because of all the dancing. That's it. That's got to be it. People went to hockey games. People went to football games, baseball games, basketball games. People went to movie theaters. People went to gyms. People went to restaurants. People went to school. People went to work. Dancing. We, we, we better delay the dancing. That's, that's what's affecting things. That's, that's why we're in the shitstorm we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Come on. little common sense. Anyway, uh, this apparently... Just you know, by the, the virtual timing, or the by virtue of the timing of this, um, New Year's Eve parties, etc., Christmas parties, won't be able to happen. Yay! We're going dancing, or we're going? No, we're not going dancing. We're going out for New Year's Eve. No dancing, though. Frankly, for a lot of us married folks, that sounds like a pretty good New Year's Eve. You, you're taking me somewhere, and I don't have to dance with you. Cool. <laughs> no, I, come on. At, at what point do we just say, look, we've done everything and then some that we're supposed to do? Dancing? That's that's where that's where you've determined all the problems are. That's that's causing the rise in numbers. So you're telling me right now, if I were to be in the hospital and and go to the ward where you're dealing with COVID-19 patients, if I were to sit down with them one-on-one, they would all tell me, well, I, I went dancing one night. I don't think so. I'm no expert. I haven't even gone to Dr. Google. But I have a hunch that if I were to talk to the individual patients, dancing would not be on too many of their lists of things they've done in the last little while. Just a hunch. Well, since we're down that road anyway, let me just say this about that. And, and I don't want to jump. Look, when I use the term anti-vaxxers, it, I, I get it. There are some people who, who have very good medical reasons to not have the vaccine. I'm not lumping you into that category. Um, there are some people who are very respectful and just, you know, for whatever reasons, they've got the reasons they've chosen not to get the vaccine. Yes, you're well, I mean, by definition, you're either for the vaccine or... Or you're not for the vaccine, therefore you are anti-vaccine. But when I say this, who I'm talking about are the people who are militant about these vaccines. Who feel like this is some government takeover. 
Like, this is, and I hate, I hate, and I wish you'd stop posting and comparing this to Nazism, because it's not at all like Nazism. Learn your freaking history. But the, it's the, these, these protesters and these militant pushbackers on this who are now sending death threats to doctors... Did you read about this? The Ottawa Citizens got the article. I'm pulling it up right now. Dr. Nilly Kaplan Mirth received a death threat because she organized mass COVID-19 vaccination clinics earlier this year. She is now the target of a death threat. I've received a death threat in my life. It's hell. It, it, it triggered a lot of my depression, a lot of my anxiety. It has put me into a good 15 years of trying to live and trying to cope with this, looking over your shoulder, even after all is said and done in the court system. So here she is doing exactly what the government has asked our doctors and medical professionals to do, steps up, takes a leadership role in this, and now is receiving death threats. And I'm sorry, whether it's directed at her or whether it's directed at the medical community as a whole, that's a death threat, and it crosses way too many lines. You sit there and you protest and you yell and you scream about rights, 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 rights. What about her rights? What about the rights of the doctors and nurses? You have zero right, zero, to take it upon yourself and threaten another person's life. Jokingly or not, that is so far over the line, I can't even begin to tell you. Again, I have received a death threat. It's in the newspapers years back if you want to Google it. I hope you don't because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put the damn thing behind me. But years later, I can't. That's how haunting and scary that is. And then to make it even worse, here's another story out of B.C. Yesterday, Remembrance Day. One of the most... Sacred days we have. It is a day to focus our attention on paying the respects for people who stepped up, who served our country, who made the ultimate sacrifice in a lot of cases. We honor them for one day. Frankly, I think a lot of us would like to see an hour or two per day, every day, set aside to pay our respects. We give it one day. And if we're being realistic, we give it about an hour. At the war memorial, at the cenotaph, whatever war monument you've got in your town, your city. We show up. 
We wait for the festivities to begin, the speeches, etc. Laying of wreaths. Playing of the national anthem. A moment of silence. We take off our poppy. We walk back into our lives. Well, yesterday in B.C., at a Remembrance Day gathering, anti-vaccine protesters show up with microphones and speakers, and in the middle of Remembrance Day ceremonies, start yelling and screaming about the vaccines. I don't know what your end game is if you're choosing to do that. But as someone who's got a bit of PR experience, a bit of marketing experience, your chances of success are much better if you just put a logo on a garbage bag. Mounties in Kelowna, B.C., this is from the CBC. Mounties in Kelowna, B.C. are investigating after dozens of people protesting vaccine mandates disrupted Remembrance Day gatherings at the city's Cenotaph on Thursday. So we're not talking one person. This is dozens. They would have got together on some Facebook group or email list or something and consciously decided that this event at the Cenotaph on Remembrance Day, that is where we want to go and make our case. That's like protesting at a funeral. Hell no. Hell no. RCMP say when officers arrived on the scene at about 10.55 a.m. local time, they found between 75 and 100 protesters interrupting the proceedings. What? In a group of 100 people, not one person said, hey, guys, you know, maybe not our best idea. Remembrance Day ceremonies? What the hell does that have to do with anything that you are protesting? I'll answer that for you. Nothing. Wrong, 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 wrong. I will, you have the right to protest whatever you want to protest. Absolutely you do. You have my support on that. But time and place are important. Outside hospitals, not appropriate. Sorry, just not appropriate. People are sick and dying in there. And not everybody in there, by the way, is dealing with COVID. People in those hospitals dealing with other things as well. And if you've ever been in the hospital, you're scared enough without looking out your window as an innocent patient or as a nurse or as a doctor and feel threatened. What does any member of the military, past, present, future, have to do with the government's 
facilitating of its citizens having a vaccine available to them. Absolutely inappropriate and indefensible, frankly. Anyway, let me just say this about that. Showing up at a Remembrance Day ceremony to uh, protest vaccines. I I just, every time I think, okay, the, the world can't get any more weird. A hundred people. I just don't know anymore, man. Uh, you know, I, I <laughs> the the more the more I work from home and don't have to deal with the world, I think the better off I am. Anyway, if you've got comments on any of this, by the way, our number here six one three six zero four six four six four. The number is on your screen six one three six zero four six four six four. You don't have to comment, but um, you know the opportunity is certainly here. As, as we talked about with Julie yesterday, we don't have enough conversations going on in the world. We shy away from conversations. You know, oh, we'll show up and we'll protest at a Remembrance Day ceremony, but when somebody gives you an opportunity to actually have your voice heard in an appropriate forum, no, I'm not picking up the phone and calling. Somebody might recognize me. Ken says, being the devil's advocate here, if they don't protest at inappropriate places, they don't get their word out. It gives them exposure. I get what you're saying, Ken, but I think at some point, if that's the choice they have to make, then they're already admitting that they are losing their argument. Protest outs, you could protest outside any MPP's office. Most MPP's have got an office, usually in a plaza or a mall. Uh, David McGinty is the MP for uh, my neck of the woods, and I know that he's got uh, an office uh, right at the corner of Bank and I want to say Walkley. That's a pretty major intersection. I, 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 you'd have a hard time convincing me that a protest at Bank and Walkley wouldn't get some attention That's an appropriate place to protest. No. Don't disrupt traffic. Sure, stand there with your signs. Yell, scream, make noise. That's an appropriate place to protest and show your signs and try and get your voices heard. And that's someone who, frankly, could take your concerns to caucus and actually maybe possibly do something about it. But there is very few people who are going to listen to anything you have to say when you take it upon yourself to disrespect the most sacred of days, wantingly and willingly. (laughs) 
most MPs and MPPs, like I said, protest outside, you know, city hall. Not that city government really has any choice in the matter. I mean, they, yeah, at the end of the day, they're the ones charged with administering this for the most part. But it comes from above. It comes from the Ontario government. Then again, most people probably don't even understand what level of government is responsible for what thing. I t- <laughs> I was talking about the LRT yesterday, and somebody brought up, you know, we gotta we gotta fire Watson. And then I start getting DMs. Well, the prime minister could fire him if he wanted to. No. Where where do you get that information? Justin Trudeau can just look into it, you know, look at look at a city's mayor and go, you know what? You're fired. No. No, that's not how the electoral process works, guys. It's just not. Uh, Lisa says, people are gross. A lady came into my store trying to convince me and any other person uh, within an ear's reach that the only water they're shooting in, that it's only water they're shooting in our arms. And we're all going to be in a concentration camp. I know. I know. There are people who believe this stuff. Do you, can, can I just, I've tried to illustrate this point before. And keep in mind, I'm someone who uses the web um, and has used the web to build his business enterprise since 1996. So I, I, I understand a little bit about how the web works. Okay, let, let's use the example. I, I thought of this this morning. You see these videos online of an airplane coming in for some wild landing. And it's, you know, it's topsy-turvy and, and, and flipping and flopping and whatever else. Do you know how easy that is to fake? And I guess this is the thing. Most people have no concept whatsoever how easy it is to fake that. You've heard the term Photoshop. I mean, I can't even believe we're having this conversation that so many people are unaware of just how easy it is to create fake stuff. My God, we've had Photoshop since, what, 1997, 98? All the talk around... You know, dieting and 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 the images that are out there in the media of this 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 perfect human, and none of us can attain that. And can't we see some real-looking humans for a change? Are you unaware of all this conversation? Photoshop allows me to take someone my size. I'm a tubby dude. In two or three clicks of a mouse, in Photoshop. I can give myself a six-pack of abs that would make you sploosh all over your chair. I have some pretty bad acne happening on this side of my face. With my phone every day, and I'm aware of it, I don't like it, is what it is. On my phone every day, I choose to take a selfie. 
It's my way of checking in with myself and holding myself to account regarding depression because you can see in the eyes. The eyes don't lie. But just with my phone, whether it's, it's this $120 Android phone that I picked up at a refurb store or whether it's this iPhone worth about a thousand bucks. I take my picture, I put a filter on it, the skin is smoothed, the acne's gone, my eyes are even more blue, I can take hairs off my in 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 like just in milliseconds. How many times do you get somebody on your timeline saying, Don't accept a friend request from me, somebody has spoofed my account? They say hacked. They're not hacked. Somebody spoofed the account. How many times have you heard about this gorgeous, gorgeous woman wants to be your friend? Turns out to be a dude. That's not a joke. Fakery is incredibly easy on the internet. I can go to GoDaddy or Wix or any multitude of website companies and for under $10 create a domain name, if I can find one that, that, that seems believable, and I can start adding content to this website, faked photos, faked videos, an article that I've completely made up, quoting doctors, quoting scientists, names. It, it looks legit, but it says it's a news service. This is where the Beaverton has done very well. People go to the Beaverton. It looks like a newspaper. The articles seem like real newspaper articles. That's the joke. That's the humor. It is on purpose and unabashedly. The Onion's another good example. Thank you, James. It's satire. It's making fun of. It is Saturday Night Live of the Internet. But these sites that people go to to get their information from, who's vetting them? And I hate to say this, because here we go again. Read this again this morning. Justin Trudeau and his government are very concerned about just how easy it is to have false information on a website. Guys, go to Wix. See how easy it is to buy a website. It's drag-and-drop stuff. But people buy into it because they find a website and it looks legit. Well, it has, it has a newspaper name. Okay. And? Oh, this mainstream media. They're, 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 they're fake, 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 fake. Everything they post is fake, bought, and paid for. Now, look, there, there are a lot of concerns about government funding and favors 
that governments do in exchange for um, laying off the talk. But I can tell you this, as someone who worked in conventional media for the better part of 25, almost 30 years, and I, and I still, by the way, run a website that services that industry. While there may be license, you know, uh, you know, your, your, our chances of getting the license, the conversation is not if we change our attitude and only talk about this, we will get a license renewal. We will get relaxed regulations. No, those aren't those aren't conversations. I, I don't believe those are not conversations that are happening. But as a management team. You got to look at who's in power and and who's going to be you know making decisions that can affect your business. Jeez, you know we've been coming at the liberal government pretty hard. We better back off this because uh, we've got this license and this license and this license coming up for renewal, and we don't want to give them any reason to like the you know to some degree. But as far as the content creators themselves. Nobody ever sat me down and said, look, we know your politics are this, that, the other. And by the way, I don't even know what my politics are. So, (laughs) like, you know, my politics are up and down like a toilet seat. I have voted NDP. I have voted conservative. I have voted liberal. I've not voted green. I voted for a couple of independents. My politics lie somewhere in the middle You know what I look for in politics? Common sense. Leadership. Inspiration. Truthfulness. Engagement. Passion. When I find that, I'm apt to listen to your politics. But all this to say, in more than 25 years in conventional radio, not once, not once did anybody ever sit me down and try and direct my content to a specific side of anything political. The only time, and even, you know, they they didn't even try and direct, and I was, man, I was talking about, Craig says, don't forget integrity. Absolutely, Craig. All of the above. But more than anything, I'm looking for someone to inspire. I'm looking for someone in this country, in this city, in this province, to light a spark, to be engaging, to excite me. It's dull. It's boring. It's blah, 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 blah. You know, here's what the other party says. I hate the other party. To hell with the other party. Don't vote for the other party anymore. Those guys are bad guys. Blah, 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 blah. Tell me about you. Sell me on you. You're you're applying to me for a job for crying out loud. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you go into an accounting firm looking for a job and say, Oh, don't hire that accountant. Here's what I've heard about that person. They fudged this. They did that. Blah, 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 blah. Hire me instead. Hell no. Why do we let politicians audition and do their job interview with us, ripping apart the other person? 
Tell me about you. I have very, I mean, I, I, I talk about it, but I'm not really that serious about it. But my God, at some point I'm going to snap and I am going to stand up. And you know what? Whatever little things in my past that I worry about could come up and haunt me, maybe they're actually assets. Maybe that actually makes me a real person. The fact that I used to be on the air and I would talk about the fetish community, that I would talk, you know, that I, that I would, you know, post a lot of visuals, you know, just to, to get people going mostly. Oh, that's that's the BDSM guy. That's the kink guy. That's the guy that used to broadcast live from a swingers club. And by the way, we did when we first launched BTR. We broadcast live Friday nights from a swingers club. Why not? I know that bugs a lot of people. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, a swingers club. I didn't even know there was such a thing in this city. Oh, 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 why would you do that? Because the music was fantastic and who cares? If swinging isn't your thing, don't swing. It's pretty simple. If it is your thing, why should you be told you can't do that? Piss off. You don't get to tell me how I love, how I party, what I'm into, what I like, what I don't like. So a lot of times, you know, I, I go, well, you know, gee, if I were to run for office, somebody, you know, running against me, is, um, you're that person that used to broadcast live from the Swingers Club. You're that guy that used to be on stage at Sexapalooza. Didn't we see you there once upon a time dressed in rubber? You know what? So what? Maybe that makes me more real. I used to be afraid of that kind of stuff, you know, sort of coming back and biting me in the ass in that kind of circumstance. And it probably bit me in the ass to some degree in my career. But you know what else has bit me in the ass as far as my career is concerned? The fact that I am open about having depression. For all the talk that is out there about mental health and mental wellness and good on that person for, for getting help and, gee, they're really doing well, the stigmas are still there. Oh, God, we, we can't elect someone who has depression. They are crazy. I'm not crazy. In fact, I, I would say 20 years ago, before I, before I knew I even had depression, I was probably batshit crazy then. But since being diagnosed and getting on medications that help me function, just like a heart patient would be on medications to help them function, because I have taken it upon myself to work with an amazing therapist, because I've taken it upon myself to deal with business coaches and mentors, I'm actually a better asset to a company now than I was back in the day. But in a political campaign, you know damn well people would pounce on that. But then again, maybe maybe I'm good enough that I can actually... Expose that and just not be afraid of it. Maybe it makes me more real. Maybe it makes me more honest. Maybe, just maybe, 
Nobody gives a shit. And, and this has come up any time that we've talked about what is the prime minister's actual marital status. There's a lot of rumors out there. I'm sure you've heard them. I've heard them. That apparently they're not together. That she shows up, you know, hand in hand with him for photo opportunities, for, you know, for the campaigns, for the Remembrance Day ceremonies, etc. None of our business. It The marital status and whatever, and I've even heard rumors about what they, they're into as a couple. I, they're rumors. That, that's none your business. None. The only thing that makes it our business is, okay, are we as taxpayers actually paying for two security teams for two residences? Like, just, just what are we on the hook for here? That we have a right to know, I believe. But the actual goings-on of any MPs, and by the way, keep this in mind, the Prime Minister is just an MP. He's the Prime MP. But he's no different than any other MP in the House of Commons. Really. It's none of your business. But people will pounce on that. And maybe, maybe that's what we need is for someone to stand up and go, yeah, you know what? I have no problem legalizing prostitution. Sex work is work. I, I have no problem with adult clubs. I have no problem with swingers clubs. I have no problem with this, that, the other thing. Just come out and say it. Maybe, for one, I mean, you'll certainly get some press. Hell, that's juicy shit. <laughs> the leader of this party said, what? Wasn't there a dominatrix out of Toronto who, like at every single turn, the police were at her door for this. The police were at her door for that. Up on charges for, you know, running running sex clubs and, you know, just, just doing what she does. And, and I believe, and I wish I knew her name off the top of my head, but I believe she actually ran for city government and got a hell of a lot of attention. But I, I think, you know, it's, it's still, look, the, the people who approve of that, granted, it's the minority. But wouldn't you rather just have someone say, yup, that's a small part of who I am. But I'm also about being responsible in my spending. I also have enough of a backbone to stand up to people and say, look, you're paying way, way, way too much in taxes. The cost of food is skyrocketing. The cost of gas is insane. You're paying too much in rent. Let's deal with that. The fact that I happen to approve of this lifestyle is frankly irrelevant. But I'm going to have the balls to look at you and say, look, we cannot keep spending like we're spending. We need to cut back on some things. So let's have that conversation. What are we going to cut back on? How do we do this? Because the minute you start to have that conversation, oh, people lose their minds. You're taking away from me. I have a right to this. No, you don't. 
No, you don't. You feel a sense of entitlement. That's a totally different thing. The money that we are wasting and spending on this LRT system that just keeps breaking and that nobody on any level of government has stood up and said, stop. Even just for now, stop. Hold. Where are the balls? And that's just one example. That's the, the, the that's. We're paying for that. The government is not some mystery bank machine. The government can only spend what you and I give the government to spend. Currently, they're spending more than we're giving them. How do they recoup that cost? Guess what? Your interest rates go up. Your taxes go up. This is how it works. Kath is exactly right. Anybody, before you start yelling and screaming about what your rights are, you need to read the Charter of Rights. By the way, it's a one-page document. That's it. You can frame it. Put it on your wall. Go Google it. The only thing that's going to pop up is a graphic. And yes, you'll probably find some lawyer sites where they break down what this term, what that term actually means. You don't have a right to a job, by the way. I know you feel you do. No, within the job you were given, you are granted some rights within the framework of that business and the laws that apply to it, whether they're union laws, whether they're health laws, etc. But you're not, you don't have a right to that job. If you had a right to a job, there would be no such thing as unemployment. My phone ain't ringing, so you, 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 you can't be telling me I'm wrong. You want to tell me I'm wrong, 613-604-6464. Argue with me or agree with me or something. I have rights. I have this right. I have that right. No. No. You probably don't. You have a sense of entitlement. You have privileges. The lines have become so blurred on that, it's crazy. Anyway, let me just say this about that. On a lighter note, um, if you're heading out to the movies this weekend, um, this looks absolutely fantastic. Belfast. Probably a movie we all need right now about, I, I mean, just the religious divide in this otherwise beautiful city, in this otherwise beautiful country, and, and, and how it, it sent people, you know, fleeing from their homes and looking for a life elsewhere and, you know, their love of still wanting to come back. It's just, it just, it just, it looks like... How did how how was it described last night in Colbert? Um, I, I'm crying while I'm laughing. 
while watching this movie. Anyway, um, I'm not one for going to the movie theaters at the best of times. Certainly not in the middle of a pandemic. But if you are, uh, Belfast, um, I would say, is probably your go-to for this weekend. And if you do see it, I would love to invite you on for a review on that. Anyhow, um, so according to Finn's forecast... Um, I should be okay today and tomorrow to try and catch this squirrel or whatever the hell it is that's moved into my basement ceiling. I'm surprised it hasn't made a noise. Cause I'm, not, I'm not even, like, no word of a lie. It's going to happen. I am going to be on the air, and you're going to hear this thing. It's that loud. <laughs> and I don't even want to, I don't even want to know what it is. I just want it gone. And the fact that I have to deal with it myself is like, it's freaking me out. There's going to be a lot of whiskey consumed here this weekend, I think. Ah, yeah. Uh, But showers today, 12. Uh, Tomorrow, showers to start the day. A little bit of sunshine, 5. And then, as Finn said, Sunday we could see maybe 3 centimeters of snow, 4. Monday, much the same, 3. Into next week, though, uh, temperatures between 3 and seven degrees. We're at nine right now. All right, that's that's enough yelling and screaming and and, and opining and whatever else. Um, but I hope I made you think. Um, I, I hope I've started some conversations for you, your friends, your family for the weekend. Uh, let me know what you think of my little talk segment, if you would. And I, I, I so far I'm getting some pretty good feedback, uh, but I'm open to it. You've chosen to be here. I, 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 I owe it to you to listen to uh, what you have to say about it. You can message me on Facebook. I'm not very good at Facebook Messenger these days. Uh, i got a couple of things on the go, but you can also email me, milky, M-I-L-K-Y, at blasttheradio.com, or text me anytime at 613-604-6464. If you are in the mood for some awesome music, I can't stream it on Facebook, I cannot stream it on YouTube, I cannot stream it on Twitter, uh, but we can on Twitch, and we can on blasttheradio.com, and we will beginning in moments. I do hope you will join me there. Wishing you a great weekend. Otherwise, move for now. Hey, thanks for letting me say this about that. Again, catch me weekday mornings, 9 a.m. on BlastTheRadio.com and co-hosting with the legendary Lowell Green weekdays at 2. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to the Milkman Show podcast.